Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. And we are really glad that you joined us this week. Um, any interesting disc golf related stories or anything else about your life that happened last week, Chris? Um, I played a lot of disc golf. Uh, could talk about either one of them. I played Saturday and Sunday, so I have two stories I could tell. Tell them both. Uh, Saturday, we had a little mixed doubles. We call it love dubs. Oh, uh, that looks so fun. It is. There are so many people there. Just explain real quick kind of the, the, the what that event is. It's co-ed doubles, um, alternate shot. So every odd number hole, the men tee off, the women throw the next shot, the men throw the next shot until you're done. And a, and kind of the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, is it's for couples, like for, mm-hmm. for you know, significant others to go play together. But if ladies were interested in playing, there were plenty of, of men in our community that were happy to go yeah. play as well. Yeah. So probably... Uh, Probably the majority, more than half, were couples, one of whom disc golfs a lot, and the other was much newer, and they came out to support slash give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I was not one of those. I was on the train of, I want to play. I found a friend that wanted to play, so we played. Yeah. But awesome event, super fun, and just, I think it was really cool. Yeah, it looks super fun. And so they do like a putter. I was out there when Noel and Alex, who are Mm -hmm. locals here that are super involved in the community, we're setting up like their putting. Yeah, their putting course. Yeah. They, so they call it the Putter Olympics, which is kind of cute. Um, but it was 18 holes, and they're from 30 feet to probably about 100 feet. And you get one shot. That's it? Yep. Okay. And this so this part's individual. You get one shot at the basket. If you make it, you get three points. If you hit metal, you get two points. If nobody in your group hits metal, the closest to the pole gets one point. And then it was just point count at the end and that was also a lot of fun i bet that probably goes fairly quickly too oh it was so fast like the longest thing is just shagging your discs yeah yeah it was super fast yeah and some of the like they were setting up some trick shots it looked like from what i was doing yeah yeah i mean when it's a putting contest essentially you do have to mix it up a little bit and i think they did a good job yeah no look like i I saw him setting up one where it was like through the the v of a tree yeah no there were two with a good amount of trees that I wasn't even close, but a bunch of people made it. So that's great. Power to the people. That sounds really fun. Um, and then, so was there anything else you want to talk about with that or, uh, no, it was awesome. Get your friends out. Like it, half the people there don't play often, which makes it a lot more fun. There too. were so many people there I'd never seen before, which is just so cool. So grow the that's sport. Awesome. Good job. Coveys. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's really cool. And then Sunday, I went up and played a little C-tier at River Park, 40 minutes north of where we are. And I made a couple first-time mistakes for myself. First-time mistakes, meaning like mistakes that I would be making as a fairly new person of the game, like a rookie mistake or first time you've personally made this mistake? In between. Okay. First time I've done them and kind of on the on the train of rookie mistake. Okay. Um, the first one, I looked at... There was a safari layout, so we played 18 holes across a 27-hole course. So a lot of these but it's holes... But it's a, it's a des- designated course. It's a real course. Yes. We're just playing safari holes on that. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> so a lot of these holes are made up. I've never thrown them. I don't play this course too often. I don't really know how far away things are. So we step up to this hole, and I look at the scorecard for the distance. Because the baskets, I can tell it's far away. Yeah. But once it's over like 350, 400, I can't tell how far it is. So look at the scorecard, and there was... A distance from the back tees at 690 or 650 and a distance from the front tees at 490 
And without thinking, I was like, oh, we're playing pro. We're probably playing the longer tee. It's 650. I can't reach this. So you must, so you just threw so full I, power. I threw far. Yeah. I was like, yeah. cool, 650. Can't reach it. I'll get close. We'll be good. Yeah. Um, turns out it wasn't 650 because I carried it in the air and almost went in the river. It was like 100 feet past it. <laughs> and I was watching it fly. And I was like, wow, that's that's going really far. Yep, so, so in your head, you're still thinking, like, I just threw 800 feet. Well, yeah, and so we get up there, and I knew I was out of bounds. There's a path, like, 50 feet past the basket, and then yeah. past that, maybe 30 feet of grass before a river. And I knew I was so across the So was the path, path OB? Yeah, path. So you were, like, almost double OB. Oh, yeah. And I think I might have carried the river if I didn't hit the plants there. Oh, wow. It was cruising. So we got up there, and I was like, okay. This hole is not 650 because I don't throw 750. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I think it is. I think it is. And I was like, no, 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 no. You so I looked at the scorecard like again. And then I saw the 490 and I was like, oh, it's definitely 490. Because I can throw 500 feet. So yeah. it makes yeah. sense to overshoot 490. Like get it up on the wind a little bit. Yeah. So super rookie mistake there to not throw how far away it was. But ah, Okay. That's not as bad. That's a mistake that I would feel super good about making. Like, oh my gosh, I overthrew the basket by 150 feet. But what if you underthrew a basket by 150 feet? Oh, that happens to me all the time. But if it's in range. So oh. if you're 200 feet away and you throw it 50 feet. No, that's that, kind that of what feels it feels terrible. Like. You're yeah. just like, oh no. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, that feels like I messed up. Like I know I did something wrong uh-huh. and I just shanked the shot. It sounds like you had a great throw. It just was the wrong throw for the... Mm-hmm for the hole mm-hmm. which is still the wrong thing to do but if i ever threw a disc and it went 500 feet i'd be stoked i don't care <laughs> if i like double bogeyed it because I, I i went ob i would be stoked well someday yeah maybe yeah um and that one didn't hurt as much as the other mistake i made oh no so i was playing fairly well i um the front nine was really good the back nine was a little bit more safari more interesting less of a good score for myself, but I knew it was doing okay. Um, and going into the last hole, a friend of mine who usually does pretty well in the local scene came by and told us what he shot. And I was like, okay, are you winning? He said he, uh, he had a 61 and par for the day was I think 63. Okay. And I was like, okay, like, is that, is that hot right now? And he's like, no, Jesse shot a 59 and Jesse's the local guy who's been winning everything. He just hit a thousand rated. So good job, Jesse. Yeah. Um, is he the guy from Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Jesse Adams, right? Yep. So this is his first season open, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so he's killing it. Yeah, he's really good. I thought he moved. Uh, he is soon okay. to the Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he had a 59. And so I had two holes left when I learned this. And I was like, okay, hey, I'm playing well. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to count my score. And I'm going to play to win instead of just playing these last two holes. Yeah. So briefly count my card. Um, and I had myself at four down. Okay. Which would be that 59. So second to last hole is this pretty tight little island. So you need to birdie one of these holes. One of the two. And it's an island par three and then a 900,000 foot par five. Okay. That's a long hole. Okay. So island hole. Was this a, that's the safari hole though, right? That's not a permanent hole. Yes. yes, yes. Okay. Definitely safari. It's combination of hole 16 and 18. Okay. And yeah. is it, what's the terrain? Is it, cause we've got it's like straight and flat solitude's like what? 1400 feet, but it's downhill. It depends on how you measure. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it, it's over a thousand. Yeah. But it's, but it's straight down, it's straight downhill. So this is flat and straight. Yeah. I mean, that like Eagle, Eagle it, 
which you can see the the video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's but and he's eagle, but he threw it like a thousand plus feet. Yeah, because it's downhill. Yeah. So, okay, but this is pretty flat. This mm-hmm. this yeah, okay. It's just yeah. There's like kind of a swamp on the right side that plays out of bounds. So even playing par is hard on a hole like that long. Um, not for me. For me to get five on a thousand feet would be yeah a challenge. Yeah. So I'll I'll okay. get there. All right. So hole seventeen. It's maybe 320 feet okay. to a fairly small island with a tower basket. Now, is that a, like a real island or just an OB just paint, island? Just paint on paint the ground. Island. Okay. Like somebody scribbled a little yeah, yeah. So no water. amoeba around it. Yeah. Um, and the wind had started to pick up, and I was like, okay, if I get this in bounds, because I knew the island wasn't very big, that I could birdie it, and then I could par 18 and win. Yeah. So that was the attitude. I put it underneath the basket. It was... Oh, you parked it. Very good shot. Nice. Dropped it in. Got my birdie. Going into this par five, which if I played well, I could probably three it. Okay. It's absolutely reachable in two shots. There's minimal trouble. It's reachable for a guy who throws 500 feet in two shots. Yeah. I think it was nine something. Yeah. So 450, 450. Um, but there's a late mandatory that makes you play towards that little swamp. Okay. So you kind of have to be aggressive off the tee to stay on that swampy side so you can get around it again. Okay. Um, but knowing I needed a five... I Were put, you aware of the Mando when you yes, started the hole? Okay. Yes. But knowing I needed a five, not a four, I just played super left. I was like, I'm in bounds. Great. You're playing for par. Yep. I was playing for par. Laid up to the mandatory, pitched up towards the basket, laid up my 35 footer, tapped in. I was like, cool. Got him. Like I did it. I played smart. I did what I wanted to. Yeah. Walk over. Oh no. Sit down, count scores. And in the front nine, I had counted that I shot six down. I had one more four than I thought. Oh, so no. I looked at those front nine like six times. And Jesse walks over and he's like, how'd it go? And I was like, don't talk to me right now. Counted it like four times and I tied him. So you could have gotten four by playing slightly more aggressive. Absolutely. On that hole. Absolutely. Any one of three shots. Yeah. And I take a four. Oh, bummer. So what a mental mistake to miscount where I was and play accordingly. Yeah. I, that was a hard one for me. So we went to playoff and he, Oh, made, so you guys were tied. Yeah. yeah. He won the playoff or yeah. Bummer. Yeah. I love Jesse, but my summary of the playoff is I threw a really good tee shot. He threw a less good tee shot that stayed in bounds. He threw like 50 feet long on his upshot. I threw like 25, right? He made his open 50 foot putt. Oh wow. And I had to try and putt under this little bush and I just didn't get it there. So he beat me. A 50-foot putt is... I oh, mean, yeah. No, it's Jesse. He's he's good. Yeah. So I'm glad I lost to him, but it sucks to lose on a counting mistake Yes. when I thought I was being smart. Yeah. You think you're using strategy and yeah. you're you're using strategery instead. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first time I've done that, and it's probably the last time I'll do it. Oh. That was my weekend. Well, I got to say, though, if you're going to learn that lesson, a C tier is the place to learn Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because if you were... If you were in that position and it was like an A tier or an M tier or an O, like that would be devastating. devastating. Yeah. Because then you've got cameras following you around and people could talk about what is he doing? <laughs> but at that level, somebody would probably like wave the scorecard at me and be like, look. Yeah. Which. Eh. So that's sweet in between like A tier when there's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good lesson to learn. I'm glad it happened, but it sucked. So all of us listening to this, let's learn from Chris's mistake and. If you're going to play for the score you're at, know what you're actually at. Know what your score is. Yes. (laughs) 
Oh. I'm sorry, man. It's a learning <clears throat> thing. So you got second. I got second. All right. Um, well, at least you got some money. I was a C tier, so I don't know. You got a $15 gift card or something at least. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> paid for your gas. I got more than my money back plus gas. Yeah. There you go. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, well, mistakes and, and what you wish you could have done. That actually segues fairly well into what we're doing for the rest of the episode. Uh, Chris does not know what we're doing. I'm a but, little nervous. Uh, I thought we'd uh, we'd have some fun here. So, you know, like hypothetical situations. Mm-hmm. So I, I came up with some of those, and they're all disc golf related. So I'm calling them hyzertheticals. Clever. Yeah. That's very clever. I, we like puns on this show. We're very punny. <laughs> and just rhyming things. So um, so here's your hyzertheticals. There's, there's, there's a few of them. And Are you partaking, or is this just like a... We'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can because I just came up with the questions. I haven't really, you know, thought a whole lot about the answers. All right. <coughs> Number Sorry, one. Number one. Well, not in any real order. Okay. And one of them is actually not a hypothetical. So I'm going to ask this one first. Okay. Because then we'll just get on hypothetical. So this is a real one. This is, uh, this is like a, I guess it's a hypothetical, but it's not like a would you rather kind okay. of situation. Um, what any three people would you put on your card for a round? So, like, you know, there's a question of, like, if you could have dinner with any five people from any time in history or ever, living or dead. So, this is a foursome. You got three people you're going to go throw around with, 18 holes. Who? What are the three people you'd put on that card? Is it sanctioned or for fun? It, I, oh, that's a really good question. Because it changes my answer. Uh, yeah, because if it's sanctioned, you're probably going to put more competitive players where you can see what they're doing. And I'm going to put people who play like me. Yeah. So people like Eric Oakley and not people like Simon or Eagle. Yeah, people that you can I try to see what them. they do. And then, yeah. Um, no, this is just a, a, this is a, um, yeah, this is just a casual round. You're going out to play 18 holes on a very nice course, beautiful day. Uh, Eagle. Okay. Um, probably Eric Oakley. Just because I love the guy. Um, this is any three people too. This doesn't have to be just disc golfers. These are just three people that you want to spend two hours walking around in the. In the oh, but I'd rather grass. I'd rather disc golf. Okay. disc golfers. I okay. think. Um, I want to say Simon because he does fun things, but that's kind of a cop out to do Eagle and Simon. I don't know. I don't. Okay, it depends on where as well. Um, you pay, uh, what's your favorite course you've ever played? Oh, that's, I don't know. Okay. I don't uh, know. If it's like a big open course, probably Eagle, Eric and Simon. And if it's wooded, I'd like to be with like James Conrad and MJ and like Schwebby. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So <laughs> you can see where Chris is at. Cause Chris is a scientist. I thought like, Oh, Albert Einstein. No, or, not for disc golf. If you would have said lunch, Einstein probably would have. Well, made these are hypotheticals. Yeah, but no, that's great. That's great. Like this is how serious Chris takes, takes disc golf. Like he has an opportunity to pluck people out of history. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead of Isaac Newton, he chooses Simon, which is hey Simon, that's that's awesome. They both uh, can do some amazing things with gravity. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, for me, I don't know the three people. My dad would definitely be one of them. Uh, my dad died when I was 17, so it would be rad just to spend another couple hours walking around with him. Um, I, w- I would probably, like, I, w- I wouldn't rush through that round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the other two That's people. how far you got. That's about how far I got. Um, all right, so that's that's the any three people. 
Um, okay, the rest of these. I get the tone now, though. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, well, that that one actually tonally is a little different than the others. Oh, okay. Okay. So would you rather every drive you ever make hit circle two or better, but hits at least in circle two, or you sink every putt in circle one? So the rest of your game basically stays the same. But for the rest of your career, the rest of the time you're playing disc golf, every single time you throw from the tee box, it hits circle two, at least. Regardless of how far it is? Because that means yes. I could throw 1,200 feet. Yes. Regardless of how far it is. You could, you could take your, your, your putter. And it's circle and, two and or better. And throw it 1,200 feet. And it's circle two or better. So if it's 1,200 feet, you're going to barely get the rim on circle two. If it's probably, you know. But so that's every, every drive hits circle two or better. Or every time you're in the circle, circle one, it goes in. Like you're never, you're never spitting out. You're never two putting. If you're in circle one, that's a really good question. Um, both sides, real quick. Circle one putting is definitely the practical answer, I, and I it would help me much quick, more. It is a really good question. You're welcome. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but winning every distance contest and never. No. Well, this circle. isn't. A, if there's not a. If there's not a basket out there, you're throwing just the way you're throwing. Oh. Like if there's not a circle to be out there, so you're not okay. But still, you're not going to be winning a distant contest. If I'm playing a thousand foot hole and I can be in but the circle, but you're parking it. Yeah, you're, you're well. Would, you're not parking it. You're getting in circle two. That would alone be least. worth it. Okay. So because because I like playing for fun, I would say always in circle two or better. Um, but like I said, the practical answer is definitely circle one putting. Okay. So the fun answer. So, but your real answer would be the circle one. Like, yes. Yeah. That's what I thought you would do because most holes just aren't long enough. Like yeah, there's you, not enough long courses to justify, yeah. but that would be so cool. That No, that would be rad. Yeah. Like just go up and whoop, I'd whoop. be on every feature card ever. Oh, yeah. A thousand feet through the woods. I just do something and it lands up there. <laughs> All right. So here, here's, your, here's your next one. Okay. Uh, and for me, I don't know. See, that this the, I, I should probably do this because this is pro-am mm-hmm. disc golf. Uh I know I should just say, no, it's still the circle one. Yeah, it it's still the be. circle one. It's too practical. Because I can still get close to circle two a lot of my drives with the whole the courses that I play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's still the, the the putts. Every putt goes in. All right. Here's the next one. Okay. Would you rather play in handcuffs or leg shackles? Hold on, I got to, like, feel this one out. So either both your hands are tethered together or both your legs are tethered together. It'd have to be legs. I think I could throw 50 feet with my wrists together. I think so, too. And I mean, I would I would look goofy and probably fall over sometimes, but I could throw... Well, I don't know. ...more than 50 feet with my ankles together. You know, see, that's way too far. You have to follow yeah. through with both hands. And I used to throw with two hands. If, if we were videotaping this, you guys would see something funny, but... <laughs> if this were live. Yeah. Now it's got to be your feet. Yeah, I think it's so. It's got to be feet. I mean, you're not stepping, you're not... And you're not straddle putting. Like if you're stuck behind the tree, you can't do those steps to try to get you out there. But you can just lay flat and flail it over there. Yeah, but it's got to be the feet. Your it's legs would get very tired though hopping around. I know. Well, it's but that, yeah, that's true. Because you could play maybe nine holes and you'd be toast. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't. Ooh, I like that one. Or you'd have to get a cart and just sit on your cart and have somebody pull you around. <laughs> this is my disc golf wagon. Will you pull me? One of those Hannibal Lecter dollies. Oh, <laughs> strap me in. <laughs> I took, so I, I live walking distance to a nine hole course. And, uh, this morning I took, I put my one year old, my 
older two kids were at school. I took my one-year-old, which Chris has met. He's adorable. Yes, he's super uh, cute. Put him in the stroller, put my backpack on, uh, my commander on, and walked down to the course and played nine holes with him. And it was so incredibly fun. Like, oh. he, he kept giving my, my mini, and he was just throwing it. Oh. And it would go like either behind him or six inches in front of him. And <laughs> so, pick it up and do it again. Yeah, pick it up and do it again. I love it. And uh, at one point, he like picked up my disc before I marked it, and it's like, all right, I'm just going to guess my lie there. Good enough. But it was, it was really fun. He That's was awesome. a really good caddy. That was his first time? Uh, no, he's done it with me a couple of times, but when he was younger, before he could like really walk around, but this time I had him out of the stroller for most of the round. Awesome. So yeah, he was just running around and having a really good time. Um, but that's, that kind of is reminding me of the leg shackles because it's like (laughs) it, I, I, (laughs) um, I walked more in that nine holes than I do on any 18 hole round that I've ever played. Like just chasing after him, like having to go back and grab him. And like there was, uh. We had a pretty big windstorm this weekend, and so one of our the trash cans that was over full has mm-hmm. been emptied, so a bunch of beer cans had fallen out. So there was like five beer cans that I went and picked up and I threw away, and then I have to go chase after him because he's starting to reach in. There's broken bottles in mm-hmm. there. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, nobody. That's yucky. <laughs> Leave so, it. Um, but that was, uh, was a, you know, I talk about how disc golf isn't always the best exercise. Play with a one-year-old or 18-month-old. Oh. That's that, that gets him. you some exercise. Yep. So, that was, I burned more calories on that round than I have on any other round. And I track it on my watch. So that was chasing yeah, the little one quite a bit. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. You wrote, you want more? Number three. Number three. Okay. You hit every putt inside the circle, but you lose a pinky. Like you just, you have to sacrifice a like pinky. Cut off a pinky for circle one putting? Yes. Okay. Like you can, you pick the pinky. Okay. Um, and for the rest of your life, you're, you're pinky-less. Or you keep all your body parts, but know that every round you'll have at least three putts spit out and roll. Oh, I'd give up my left pinky. Really? Yep. I'd, I don't need it for volleyball. I don't need it for bowling. I don't need it for disc golf. I think I'd be fine without it. And then I'd be making money disc golfing. Should have changed that to a thumb. Okay, so if it's your thumb. Oh. Either, See, that's, thumb. either thumb. That's much harder. Thumb I'd probably go with. I want all my fingers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do without a pinky, but I need, I need the thumb. See, for me, even losing the pinky, because then for the rest of the life, you're having to tell people like, oh, what happened to your pinky? And then I you got to say great like, deal. Well, I'd have to say like, and then, but then people that <laughs> don't get it would have to say, wait, wait, you what? You, you, you cut off an appendage so you could throw plastic. Yeah. At a, at chains better. Yeah, I think the the logical answer is no, because you could just practice and get better. But, but that's not, I if I could that was magically, of the scenario. if I could magically be perfect, I think I could give up a pinky. Okay, so I should have changed that to a thumb. Yeah, no, thumbs are way harder to go without. <laughs> all right, I got two more that I that I wrote down here. Okay. Um. All right, so you never go OB. Oh my! Life. Never ever. But you can only throw 100 feet or less. Oh. Like 100 is your maximum throw. Oh. Or you're unaffected by all trees. Like your disc just magically passes through trees. You've got some cheat code uh-huh. for trees. And you can only throw 200 feet max. Oh, 200 feet, I think. <coughs> Sorry, choking on nothing. Um, I think the distance differential is important. Like if 
missing trees and throwing farther, I think I would take. But this is your max. Like you're having to wind up and chuck it out there. But it's the same to for get the to 100 feet. feet. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm missing trees, I'll miss the tree kicks out of bounds because trees trees aren't very nice. Hmm. Um, oh, those are both hard. Man. I, I think I'd just Some people listen to the show that play like in the Midwest or, you know, like places where there aren't trees. That's not here. All our courses are riddled with or trees. Or places like the south where they actually have trees. Yes, that's true. And you can't see anything. Yeah. I've so seen, I would, I would go with holes. never hitting trees because... That's what I would do because I play. I don't play competitively, so I don't care about OB as much. And I'm so used to going out of bounds that it wouldn't affect yeah. me. But how many strokes would you say? Oh, well, I guess, but you're only throwing a handful. Feet. Yeah. Only but 100 feet. feet. So, it's, yeah, it's a 500-foot hole. I'd rather throw out of bounds at 500 feet, 400 feet, 300 feet. And be throwing three from there than throwing three to get there. Well, it would be at OB from 200 feet because you can only oh, throw 200 right. feet. But then I'm throwing three from the same place. So I'd, I'd take the trees and then say I can get the 200-foot wooded holes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I like that. Yep. That's that's Sticking good with that. Final answer. All right. So um, Do you have an answer? Yeah, I would get rid of the trees because I don't, I don't play competitively enough that OB doesn't really matter to me. But you, I've played enough with Chris, which isn't very much, that you can see that I, I manage to hit every tree every time. <laughs> I mean, so, if it's if it's in the way, yeah, yeah. or or not in the way, like or shouldn't sort be sort of hit. sort of near where yeah. you are, yeah. And very rarely do I feel like I get like a good bounce. Like sometimes I play with people and they're like they're like Tommy the pinball wizard, and it just will bounce off four trunks and then park. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I get some good tree kicks. Oh, you've told me that. Yeah, I yeah. I hug trees with my lifestyle, and they hug back sometimes with frisbees. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I pick up beer cans yeah, on the no, course. That's, that's I'm not great. a bad person at trees, but they've got something out for me. Maybe it's because I thought the Lorax was, you know, a little too preachy. <laughs> they're they're holding onto the Lorax overhead. Yeah, I like the Giving Tree though. That's I guess um, that's that a was mock. like an elementary school book. The Giving Tree's great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, we we'll read that one with our kids sometimes. That's a great tree book, but it's about maybe like about like a martyr tree, like a tree being abused by a boy. Maybe that's why they don't like it. I don't know. Is it not in schools anymore? Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm thinking like the trees oh, wouldn't like okay, it. Oh, okay, okay. Fair. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably in schools. Shell Silverstein's think, great. Yeah, I think that's where I read it. Yeah. Um, huh. if you haven't read The Giving Tree, read The Giving Tree. It's a very good book. And uh, it should only take you like three or four days yeah, to get it's, through it. It's, it's little, pretty short. But it's no, good. It's, I think it's like 20 pages. It's it's very easy. It's a picture yeah. book for children. But it's, uh, man, Giving Tree is amazing. All right. Okay. <laughs> Last one that I've got here. Okay. Uh, all right. So this one is kind of specific to, well, I guess it could be for anybody, but I thought this one would be a good one for you. Okay. You are two free, two feet Shorter than you are now. How tall are you? Six, almost six, six. So you would be four, six, almost four, six. Okay. But you drop 10 strokes from your, from your game or you stay the same height. Like everything's the same and you gain 10 strokes. Wow. So that's a 20, 20 stroke swing in this hypothetical. Cause like saying neither isn't an option here. So to paraphrase, I become the shortest and best disc golfer in the world. If you drop or, 10 strokes, what would that, I mean, that would put you like top. Yeah. Yeah. 
you'd be at the top of every card probably, right? Pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a guaranteed win for every tournament. No, but, but it's, it's guaranteed competing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the shortest, best disc golfer or myself and quit competing. That's my paraphrase. Or just drop a couple divisions. Yeah, you would, you would mm-hmm. drop probably to advanced division. If, if you drop 10 strokes, you're here locally, you're still open. No. With some of our open <laughs> Everybody guys, plays open. A lot of people play open. <laughs> But you you would be very competitive in the advanced divisions. I think I would, I would have to stay tall. I I love disc golf and I would love to be the best, but four foot six is just too little. And then I was trying to be careful. Like this is not to 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 belittle anybody, and I don't mean that as a pun <laughs> <laughs> to disparage anyone He's who belittling. is who is who is um, of below average height. But Chris is a tall guy. But here's the other thing. So if you if you were thinking about this, uh, all you have to completely change your wardrobe because all of a sudden you just lose two feet. So none of your clothes fit anymore. Um, you know, there, there's just a lot of things that change in life. I would probably stop playing volleyball. It, that would be pretty tricky because you're not. I could now walk under the net. Yeah. How tall is the bottom of the net? Five feet. Okay. Yep. Four you something. Could, you could yeah. Easily clear the bottom of the net. Yeah. Wow. You're you're as tall as a ten year old at that point. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna be a much. And probably worse not golfer. you when you were ten. I'm guessing you were tall a tall ten year old. I was probably taller than four six when I was ten. Yeah, I probably was too. But wow. Good question. I would I would be okay with being less good at disc golf. All right. Uh, it's just too much. So you it's heard it here, folks. Chris is a heightist. No, I'm just yes. kidding. Not I'm, I'm very elitist about my height. <laughs> Second tallest disc golfer I know. That's true. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's no one in our local community. Andrew Hinks is pretty He's tall. He's probably about 6'3". Is that it? 6'4", maybe. He Andrew, how tall are you? Yeah, let us know. And then we can see if you listen. Uh, <laughs> test. This is a test. Um. But yeah, he's probably the only he's probably the next tallest guy that I'm aware of locally. I think so. I feel like Holton is six foot something. I don't know him. Um, I probably have seen him around. I just don't know who he is. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else that's particularly tall. Yeah. Well, you made it through all of our hypotheticals, Chris. Those are good. I'm gonna write some. Get Please you back. do. Yeah, and uh, write in with your hypotheticals. We'll we'll do them on the air. That would be fun. Oh, that would be awesome. So, um, I thought this Try would be me. kind of a kind of a fun episode so i love it uh, and you you did well sometimes these aren't fun when people are like well they try to find a loophole around it like all right all right all right so i'd lose my pinky but then or i'd keep my pinkies but i would somehow get a magic potion that's gonna make no, no that's not it's <laughs> not how it works these are these are the constraints so uh good no, job, i like Chris. it someone writes some in i'll write some yeah I, I think that should be a thing yeah hypotheticals. And if we get enough, we'll do another whole episode of Hypotheticals. So, do you like that name? Yeah, it's clever. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. That was clever. Girl. I thought of that as I was backing out of my parking lot, and, I, and you can see that I like changed my Hypotheticals. I was like, oh, scratch it down. Heiser better than hypo. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, write in with your Hypotheticals or any questions or anything. We like getting questions. We like getting. Uh, Believe me, it gives us content to talk about. So, yeah, uh, it's fun to talk to. Yeah, our last episode was all questions. So, um, 
if I was wiser, I'd probably space those out over more episodes. But um, write in, let us know uh, what you think. Write us know what your questions. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. Share the show with uh, anybody that you feel like would be interested in the show. And uh, we we really appreciate you listening. At this time, or at the time of you're hearing this, I will be in Kansas. Yes, for Glass Blown Open. Yes. So, so next week, I will have no two weeks. I don't know when the week after you hear this episode, we peel back the curtain again. We record these advance of release. Sometimes we bank a few if if we're going to travel or be out of town. So um, either next week or the week after, or sometime in the next, next few couple, episodes, we'll have some GBO info. Yeah, some kind of recap from Chris on on the Glassbone Open. So yeah. Um, and for those of you that aren't familiar, that are new to the sport, aren't familiar with it, uh, Glassbone Open's probably one of the biggest events of the year, right? I'm going to venture and say that it is the biggest. And not not necessarily in that it's, it's not the championship, like it's not the world championship, no. but it's just the most attended and kind of one of the most mm-hmm. fun yeah. events. A couple thousand players. Yeah. I think, I think it's like 1,600 disc golfers play it this year. And then like another thousand or more people come just to watch. Yeah. And Emp- so. it's hosted in Emporia, Kansas, which is a city of population like 20 or 25,000. Yeah. And the GBO brings in two to 5,000 people. So as a percentage of the city, it's gigantic. Yeah. That's a significant increase in population. Yeah. So, um, But thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers. Cheers.